Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. Welcome to a bonus Snacker WrestleMania Night 1 episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, how you feeling after night one of WrestleMania 36? I'm on a high. Yes. That, um, that Boneyard match was quite possibly one of the best things that wrestling, <laughs> WWE has done in the past like five years in a long that time was... let's let's save some of it though let's say we'll, 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 oh. we'll we we're just gonna make this a quick episode obviously you know night two is still going to happen tomorrow night we're recording this right after night one of Wrestlemania 36 um and and there's really four matches uh I think that we we really only want to talk about because these are four matches that really caught our attention um, and you know there was how many were was on night one? It was like eight eight matches. So yeah, I think was eight. Like, so four, let me, four let me out of eight. This. Let me check. Yeah, it was like four out of eight four. matches to be impressed by on night one on a WrestleMania that we admittedly weren't looking that forward to. I think that's a pretty big win. Yeah, uh, I'd take that every day of the week. That exactly. Was, that was way more fun than it need, than it should have been. Like that was something where. It, like we've talked about this ad nauseum where we were both like, we're not in on this WrestleMania. Just like the builds were weird. Obviously with everything going on, it kind of dampered our expectations, but bravo to them for putting together, at least for the first night, something that was really, really enjoyable. Like they did their job. Absolutely. And I think because there was such a low bar, like if you look on Twitter, like I think it has its ups and downs, just like any other, you know, wrestling event. But man, by the end of it, I think people, like I think it was a net positive by the end of the night. So let's 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 go in I guess in order, um, uh, or yeah, chronological order of the matches that we enjoyed. Let's start with Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I, I so I actually enjoy. I did not enjoy the finish. I thought the finish I, was I hated wonky. The finish. Yeah, hated the finish. I, I don't think they needed to give Becky two finishes like that in back to back WrestleMania years. Like you were you already did it at WrestleMania thirty five, which was already super super strange uh to, to you know to kind of put her in this position anyway it, to do it again against Shayna super weird but let's move past that the match itself was actually was actually really really good i thought Shayna i think one of the concerns i had personally going into this match was is she going to be able to like how is she going to look aesthetically with Becky like how are their styles going to match up and it actually matched up pretty well i, I thought it was um it was an aesthetically it was, pleasing match where it was like, oh, the the parts all fit here, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, they were beating the shit out of each other. They yeah. were like, yeah, yeah, they were legit working pretty. They were working stiff. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what I wanted to see out of that match. Um, that's what Shayna does best. I think Becky thrives in that position. Um, the match was it had good pace. They were telling a really good story. Um, it's something that I've kind of noticed. Just to harp back on the end on, on the finish a little bit. It, uh, I feel like they were editing the finishes a bit. Like the some of the finishes just came out of nowhere, and they felt really abrupt when the when the matches were just getting going. And this was one that kind of kickstarted that that feeling because this match was it was it had a good vibe going to it. It was it, the pace was strong. It was really really hitting the meat of the match, and then it ended, and it felt really odd considering this didn't get as much time as the women's tag match. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but 
the the finish is exactly the same way that Ember Moon beat Shayna in NXT. Right, exactly. So and again, um, just a super. And, and to your point about it being edited, it definitely felt like this match ran longer and they cut it down because obviously all, all these matches were pre-taped. Uh, right. By by the way, a little bit miraculous that none of these spoilers came out, or maybe I just avoided it. I don't know, but yeah, th- that was a. It was definitely a very very strange feel. Let's. Uh, but that was that was one of the matches that stood out. The next... now, what did you feel like to me? Sorry to like no no interrupt, go ahead. But like I felt like the way the match was going, and I think some I saw some other people on Twitter kind of uh, echoing this. Is like the the stiffness of the match and the way they were working benefited benefited from the fact that there was no crowd because you can hear the shots. Yeah, and you can absolutely. hear them like really laying into each other. Like okay, this means business, and you were like oh you were really buying into the credibility of what they were doing, and I think that would have been. Uh, dampered a little bit if there was 80,000 people in the crowd because then you wouldn't be able to hear like that first opening segment that they had where they were just slinging shots at each other. You could hear them hitting each other. And that's what I loved. Um, and I really thought like this was this match was benefited by the fact that they did this in the in, in the PC with no crowd because you could hear everything. Absolutely. It, it definitely started the the string of, oh, this could work, right? Because up yeah. until that point, the the skepticism was already there and the first couple of matches didn't really hadn't really done its job of putting you over into the thought process of oh this could work this this started that and which leads me into the next match that I thought was phenomenal the freaking uh, okay the match itself was phenomenal the the, the uh what, how do I put it the what the was at stake? The stipulation didn't really make sense but anyway it was the la- the triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships competed in by three singles competitors. Anyway, I digress. Kofi, Jimmy Uso, and John Morrison put on a banger. And like I th- Yeah, you, man, they came to work. You you texted me this match earlier, I think today was it? Like earlier and, you know, I think your caption <laughs> word for word was what the fuck. And <laughs> my response was it was equally as questioning of like what the hell they were doing, but I did respond it's probably going to be an amazing match, right? Because of those three involved. Yeah, I mean, the stipulation just didn't make sense to me. And like, because how are singles guys fighting for their teams? And they're like, the other guys weren't even there. Obviously they had to cover up for the Miz, uh, you know, not being, being sick, able to compete yeah. because he was sick. I, I understand that, but it, it was super strange to have that stipulation. That being said, these dudes put on a goddamn show. Holy crap. I mean, Kofi was wilding like he was doing some shit I was like Jesus man what are you doing um and then John Morrison with his hardcore parkour um uh, was really like laying it out there they they did some crazy stuff um and then I I, I want to say it was like Kofi that just like threw the the ladder at Jimmy Uso and I was like Jesus man <laughs> yeah. and you could hear the ladder like with no crowd you can hear everything um I thought the way that they kind of told the story within the rings, within the ring with the ladder, I thought that was really well done. Uh, I, I agree with you. The stipulation was weird. Um, I don't know why you just don't have somebody fill in for the Miz or something. I, you could have done something or, to keep it as a tag match, but whatever. Um, the ending, there's no way in hell that they did that ending in one take. Like yeah. that thing had to have been edited. Well, so because... that, that, I, I love that you brought that up because that, this is what I wanted to talk about. I, on Twitter, is from what I saw, it was pretty divided. Uh, in terms of like how they felt about it, what did you feel about about it? I enjoyed it, but I'll, I'll talk about why after. But how I did you? I thought it feel? was 
it was interesting. It was kind of comical. I laughed. Like I put on the, I, I, I started laughing. I was like, that's fucking mild. Like, and I knew like from the way that they had it set up, I was like, there's no way they got that in one take. There was also a moment in the, in the actual match where Jimmy takes a bump off the top of a ladder. And you could tell that like they edited it so that you can see that there was probably a pad at the bottom to catch him. Um, but I thought that it, it was a cool ending. It just, to me, it screamed like, Oh, they definitely like, did that multiple times also like jim or john morrison took a bump that was nasty that's exactly what i was thinking too i I, it was definitely it was a little wonky but i I thought it was creative in that like and they made a point at the beginning to say whoever wins this match has to get both belts off right and obviously it's it's on that hook so Mm -hmm. that's the thing i was i dislike about tag team ladder matches is that they're on a hook, right? So there, there isn't that moment of like ripping the strap off, which I think is yeah. a huge part of ladder matches. It's it, like every iconic ladder match that you've seen has that moment where the dude's just ripping the strap off, right? Like Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, uh, any of the Intercontinental title matches with like six dudes in it in the past couple of years. It's, it's been incredible. So I love the fact that they, they pulled it off off the hook and then Morrison won by pulling it with the straps, like the classic way to win it. So I, I did appreciate that. And it was, um, you know, it, it was, I, I do, you said this earlier when we were talking that the way that they set this match up really set it up for Miz and Morrison to retain or Morrison in this case. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's why I figured that he was going to come away with it. I just didn't know. I, I genuinely didn't know in that moment how it was going to happen. So I was I was pleasantly yeah, surprised. I, I, I'm with you. Like I was when they pulled it down. I was like, so what does this mean? Did they like? Is this a draw? Like I was literally confused as to what was going to happen. And then I realized like, oh, they still have to get the belts off the actual thing. So that was like that was a little bit of a surprise. It's just like to me, the way that it was worked, just knowing the the insides of the game, like knowing that like this is all pre taped. That right. was, it's like inside baseball. Um, it, it was it took a little bit of it away from me, but all in all, I thought that match was uh, pretty damn pretty damn good. That, that it was uh, fun I to just, watch. Before we move on, that Kofi Hurricane Rana off the top rope <laughs> onto the on, ladder. Man. Like if there was a crowd, you know, you talked about earlier how the Becky Shayna match was a little bit helped by the fact there was no crowd. If Kofi does that in front of ninety thousand people or whatever. I think people are losing their their fucking minds. Like the people are that's running spot, out of like, the stadium. Yeah, that's definitely like that's the spot of the night if and, there's a crowd because um, everybody's freaking out. John Morrison hit his finisher on on uh, Jimmy Uso on the ladder. Like that was yep. insane. But that wasn't yep. even the craziest spot. Like that's just how when he when he walked from post to post on the rope. Right. Yeah. And then did the um the uh god damn it my my brain just died. Um, the Spanish fly. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that was wild, and that wasn't even in the top five moments of the uh, match. It was, it was, it was incredible. Like, it was they, just crazy. The way they put that together on short notice was, you know, kudos to them because, again, it it could have been a train wreck, and people I think already were kind of going into it with a little bit of negative thoughts because, again, Taddy win a tag team title with one person. Anyway, I digress. Let's let's move on to. Okay, the- speaking of crazy, we yes. have to talk. I'm just gonna jump to it. Yeah, please do. Please. KO jumping off the off the off the logo. Dude, that come on, man. I so when he went to the back, I thought he was gonna go grab some weapons. I thought he was gonna go do something. He showed up there broken Matt Hardy style. Like he, he got up there <laughs> so quickly. And then he didn't hesitate. He didn't do like the Shane McMahon thing where he made the sign of the cross and then jumped off. My man got up there and just went for it. Like yeah. 
did oh. his business. That match was so much fun. I I really enjoyed it. From Seth, uh, wow, Seth's my. I feel like I have a really bad list when I say Seth. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a tough word. That's uh, a tough name. Ring to say. attire, looking like full on like CrossFit oh, Jesus. Incredible attire. Um, incredible. Great. Uh, I love the shit talking throughout the match. Oh, that was fire. Huge fire. benefit of not having a crowd. Just hear yep. them talk shit to each other. Um, I, I was legit upset, though, when I thought they were going to do a DQ finish. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I was like the living embodiment of that meme of the guy like they had me in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was upset. And then I saw like KO got on the mic. And I was like, all right, calm down. And then they just start. They just went for it. Um, but I thought they beat the shit out of each other. I thought it was great. I think they can continue the story. Like they can keep going um, for a few more months and let this thing build out even more. They are um, they are incredible really together in the ring. Like yeah, man, it, it's good. it's wild. They they work well off of each other. Uh, I mean, there was just there was a lot of spots in there too where it was just like, oh, these dudes, th- these guys can go, and it's just always a great reminder. I know, like Seth's kind of taken, like it's crazy that a year ago Seth was still like a wrestling darling, right? Like he mm-hmm. he uh, he won the title to start off the show last year. And then it just kind of all went downhill from there, which is which is wild to think about. But he he reminded everyone that he is freaking really good at this at this job. And KO man, that that dude is they got to keep him face for a very very long time because they got to keep him in this like he's stone cold style baby face because he's so good at it. Um, to kind of like shift gears a little bit, going back to last year, like was last year last Mania the last time that the the Universal Championship actually meant something? Because this kind of like I kind of want to just jump in to talk a little bit, like real quick, about Goldberg Strowman. I know that match was nothing to write home about. <laughs> it is not on our like, list. Let's just but put like it that way. I just want to like talk about how little the Universal Title actually well, means. It's it's crazy because I would say that from Mania till SummerSlam, it's it still meant a lot, right? Because obviously Seth and Brock were kind of uh, Corbin was in, in the mix there as well. Um, Seth and Brock were the they kind of led the charge in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the, heading that feud for that title. And then again, like once once the crowd turned on Seth, that title already just kind of had some bad juju around it, right? And then once The Fiend got it, I thought it, it kind of brought some life back to it. And I I just think it was so deflating for Goldberg to beat The Fiend that that's why it feels that way. And I, and I think you're you're absolutely right right now. And look, like, Strowman just got put into the match officially yesterday. Yeah. Like how how are we supposed to emotionally grasp onto that? Where look, if it's Roman, like we can we can talk about all that bullshit that we want about how oh the crowd's going to boom if you if there was a crowd and he won the title. Like screw that. Like he he would have that would have been had the title mean something, right? Because he's yeah. Roman Reigns. And and that's no shade of Braun, it's just there was no build, right? Yeah, as, it literally as, meant nothing to me. Like I had zero like I didn't care for it at all, and that sucks uh, for Braun because he's got screwed out of the title plenty of times already. Like he should be, right. he should be a champion or a multi-time champion already. So this isn't necessarily his fault. He's taken the position he's been put in. So no shade, but it, I'm with you. It, it just didn't feel like the both title change matches last year for the main titles. Like they, I felt something. Right, Seth yeah. beating Brock in the way that he did. I felt something. Kofi winning over Dana Bryan. Obviously, you feel something. This was just like, I mean, I guess right. it felt like a, a, a like somebody changed titles at like a raw, like a random, like raw a house show. It felt, it felt, it felt very, so random. It didn't very feel very house show ish. It didn't feel big at all. The match was a mess. 
um, it was it, it was troublesome. So um, I didn't want to harp uh, like harp on it too much, but I just wanted to like talk about it really quick, just because like the universal title at one point had some cachet, and now it's gone. It has zero. It's gonna it's need like some on work. Par with U.S. belt right now, U.S. title. It's literally nothing. It's gonna need some work, and I think Roman is gonna be the guy to kind of breathe life into it, or the Fiend, something like. Hopefully, this should have been the Fiend Roman. Like that, that gives the universal title meaning. And I think they need to somehow get back to that. Uh, whether that's at, uh, I mean, if that's a build to like SummerSlam or whatever, but they need to do something. It could be a, like, I mean, well, no, now they're going to do Braun Roman probably at like Extreme Rules or yeah, something. Yeah, probably. But and that, that'll maybe SummerSlam when we get a bigger tie, a, a bigger match, we can do, uh, fiend right uh roman but let's get to let's get to the meat of the match the best thing the meat of that the card. wwe has done in the past five years oh and my this god boneyard match had no clue or no idea that this was going to be this awesome and they just blew my mind this was on par with the final deletion as just batshit awesomeness that i loved from start to finish every single aspect of it was awesome from AJ coming in in a coffin to <laughs> Undertaker coming up on his bike, looking like he's ready to like take down a buffet after quarantine's over. And then the score <laughs> throughout the match, the cinematography. I don't know what you thought about it, but I fucking loved it. Dude, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the first, so first of all, funny story, the match starts, right? Or at first, I, I, you know, when I realized that Styles Taker was going on last, I immediately texted you and was was very excited about it because I was like, oh, they're not gonna let Braun Strowman be the last guy going off on WrestleMania. Already excited about that, right? So that yep. th that told me a little bit they got something cool planned for this. Um, it it blew away all expectations because you and I had talked a lot about what the hell is a boneyard match? Like, what does this mean? And what it means is that it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like it's a buried alive match in someone's like rinky dink backyard that make it look like a graveyard, and it was awesome. It, it was so cool. They 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 knocked it out of the park, and it was just like, you know, the the um, t Taker's entrance with the motorcycle was already like, okay, he's driving in the dark, not really that safe, not wearing a helmet. I'll let that go because he's the Undertaker. But once they got going. Obviously, Gallows and Anderson being involved uh, was freaking hilarious. That my man got tombstone on top of a tin roof. Uh, like, oh, there's man. no one can say that in their entire career. And by the end of it, I, I texted you this for real, and I tweeted this. Like, that might be one of Taker's best matches ever, dude. I, I don't care if that's. A, I don't care if I get shit on for for like a, a quote unquote hot take. That was amazing. That was dude, that fire. was so great. And he's like talking shit. They're like talking shit to each other in the match, and like actually using their 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 given names. And I'm like, dude, give this to me all the time. Like, I even tweeted this out too. I was like, I need to know who wrote this, who shot it, and who scored yes. it. Like, we need to know these details because they need to be recognized for the work that they did because it was awesome. So, some when you tweeted that made me think. So earlier, I was watching or the Phantom Menace. Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace was on TV. We don't threw, talk about that. Threw it in on the background, right? The but so the reason why I'm talking about it is because the music during the fight scene between Darth Maul, Obi Wan, and Qui Gon is incredible. 
Like, yeah, dual say, space. Say what you, yeah, say what you want about the, the whole movie as a whole. Like, I, you know, I, I, that's why I had it on the background, right? <laughs> it was just like decent background noise. But when that fight scene came on, turned it up, right? You just watch and you enjoy the beauty. I had no idea it was going to be followed up by Taker, AJ Styles with a, an amazing score. That they were they had sound effects for the punches and the kicks. I was like, yeah, oh man. yes, this is this is an incredible production. I, I, and you, Taker, Taker, like just transports out of a grave and shows up behind AJ when he's trying to bury him. Like, come on, man, it was so cool. They were doing some wild shit. Like they had the they had the druids show up that everybody thought was the the Dark Order. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw really funny. Uh, Evil Uno on Twitter. Even yes. said like that's not us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was very reminiscent of them. But I, I get they were trying to do like the druids thing, which is what they you know Taker's very um, that's like his famous thing, right? He's bringing the druids to WrestleMania. So I love the fact yeah. that they they sprinkled that in the. <laughs> AJ being buried with like his hand and his glove sticking out was probably <laughs> one, the funniest moment of the night and two, probably the worst. And by the worst, it was just like, all right, that's a little campy, but it's kind of hilarious. Like, yeah. Who like, gets, who gets buried camp, like that? No one naturally gets buried like that, whether you're alive or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So man. All right. So we, we've, we've gone over the time that we said we'd a lot for, <laughs> we could have done 10 minutes. Like we could have done an the, entire show. On honestly. The yeah. The back. whole episode, awesome. we, we could at some point, maybe next year, maybe some retrospective, we have to do just like a full episode on this Boneyard match. Like, the, shot for the, shot, break the, it down. The oral history, just oh, from the beginning. Man, yes. You know? Like, well, yes. we're, we're, everyone hold us to that. We're definitely going to do that because it, it was amazing. And, but did that, you happen to notice? Sorry. Did you happen to notice that they gave the take, they gave Taker like a Jesse Pinkman style, like exit for WrestleMania, like him riding off on his bike? Yeah. Like, celebratory i was like man they just like ripped off breaking bad it was awesome yeah oh man it was it was a uh it was a great way to end wrestlemania night one obviously we have night two and we'll uh we'll probably pop in for a little snacker actually what we're gonna do if you're listening to this is uh we're gonna record we're, we're gonna ha- have a little uh wrestlemania zoom party uh just jeremy and i we, we actually didn't get to watch it tonight together but we will be doing that tomorrow. If there's any interesting footage, I'll definitely post that on our socials. Uh, Jay, why don't you hit him with those? We, I didn't do it in the beginning. but Yeah, so you can follow us at 2 Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and in the BR app. We're going hard on Twitter this weekend, uh, and we'll be in the BR app occasionally. Make sure you also follow us on uh, follow us individually at Jeremy A. Loss on Twitter and Cruise Control. That's Control with a K on Twitter. We'll both be tweeting our, our own takes on our personal accounts, but we'll also be tweeting on the on the main account. But uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on social and have some fun with us uh, tomorrow night. It'll be it'll be great. I mean, I'm really excited now after watching the Boneyard match for the Firefly Funhouse match because now. I'm oh like, my god! I have, I, I have a feeling they're doing some wild shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I was so I was still like wrapped up on Cloud Nine after the Boneyard match. I didn't even think what they could do for that match. Oh my god. All right, everyone. Hope everyone enjoyed WrestleMania Night 1. We will catch you tomorrow after WrestleMania Night 2. Don't be a jabroni and go ahead and watch it. Peace. Bye, everyone.